0: Shalom and welcome to The Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. They say that in order to keep friends, one shouldn't talk religion or politics. As a rabbi, it is my vocation and passion to speak religion. I therefore try to stay away from talking politics. However today I want to discuss politics in the light of religion. I However I am not speaking on any one side of the aisle rather I want to speak to both sides of the aisle. What I want to talk about is how both sides of the aisle have sadly bastardized the divine selfless experience of Compassion into a subhuman political selfish experience of compassion. One side of the aisle is accusing the other side's infinity to liberal compassion as the crutch of eternal enabling, while the second side fires back at the right wing's tyrannical lack of compassion as being with the intention to suppress the lower class. From a spiritual perspective, both are embracing anything but God's beautiful gift of compassion. Our sages of mysticism build their introspective search to understand God and God's universe upon the verse, and I quote from Genesis, And God created man in his image. In the image of God he created him. End quote which leads to the teaching of our sages, which says the human is the microscopic universe, which logically concludes with the verse from Job, and from my flesh I see God, explained in Hasidism to mean that when I see and understand my inner makings, I see God. Thus, let us turn within ourselves to see from hence comes this bastardization of compassion within the macroscopic world. Even more so, let us truly turn introspective and see how we experience compassion within ourselves for ourselves and understand what self-compassion is all about. This is the specific human condition that we are going to deal with today in this lecture because so many struggle with the divine concept of self-compassion, confusing it with the negative experience from the other side of sitting on the pity pot and of victimhood. In this lecture we will see that self-compassion is how the soul reaches its greatest heights and it is the very reason why the soul descended into this world. In the soul's previous perfect environment of heaven the soul couldn't have tangible self-compassion and therefore the soul could not enter into the ultimate heights of communion with God. This is why the soul left heaven and descended into this world in order to truly be able to experience self-compassion. However, the gift of self-compassion comes with the slippery challenge of victimhood. The intention of this lecture is to clarify the difference between the two and to present the meditation and the state of mind that leads to self-compassion. This week's Torah portion is called Akev, because of its opening verse. Let me quote the opening verse. And it will be because akev, you will heed these ordinances and keep them and perform. And the verse goes on. Sages wonder about the unusual terminology of akev used in the word in the verse for the word because, and they explain. And I quote to you the great Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki. Akev literally means heal. So this is the commentary. If you will heed the minor commandments which one usually tramples with his heels. In other words, which a person treats as being of minor importance. Thus, commentaries see a hidden message within the usage of the word Akhev, heel. That it's referring specifically to the minor commandments and observances which one usually tramples upon with his heel. Hasidism also sees a very deep secret in the word Akev in warning us to heed God's commandments and not to commit sin. The soul too has, albeit at spiritual on a spiritual level, the soul too has the form of a human, with a head at its top and with heels as its lowest level. The message hidden in our verse by using the word akav, heal, is that it is only on the lowest level of the soul, the heel of the soul, that a soul can stumble and fall into sin. However, at the head level of the soul, the soul is too spiritual, pure and one with God to ever stumble into sin. The mystical teaching gets more detailed and explains that just as with the human body, when the heel stumbles and falls, the head falls with the heel, so too it is with the sin and the soul that commits the sin. To be more specific, the head suffers a stronger blow than the heel. Since the head was originally higher, it therefore falls a greater distance, picking up speed and power in its fall, causing a deeper impact for the head than for the heel in the fall. The head and the heel of the soul are also represented by the two names with which a Jew is called. A. Children of Yaakov, Jacob and B. Children of Israel, Yisrael The reason why Jacob was given the name Yaakov is because the word Yaakov is made up of the Hebrew letter Yud and the word Akave, heel. Why? Because Jacob was born holding on to the heel of Esau. On a mystical level, the letter Yud refers to the soul which descended into the heel of the universe, the physical world. It is only the lowest level. The heel of the soul that descends into the physical body. Thus on a more global level, Jacob refers to the heel of the soul and to when the soul is experiencing a state of descent and exile. Now the reason why Jacob received the name Yisrael, Israel was, let me quote the verse, because you have commanded power with an angel of God and with men and you have prevailed. If you rearrange the five Hebrew letters of the word Yisrael, you have the two Hebrew words of Li-Rosh, unto me, a head. Mystically speaking, the word Li, unto me, refers to God and speaks of the soul, and the word Rosh, head, refers to the highest level of the soul, and speaks of the soul in a state of freedom and oneness with God. Thus, there is a mystical question upon the verse of the prophet telling the Jews to do teshuva, repent, return. The verse says, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled in your iniquity. Why is the prophet using the name Israel when he is speaking of sin and repentance, when it is only the Jacob level of the soul that stumbles in iniquities? Now we understand the reason for the prophet speaking of the name Israel returning. We aren't speaking in this verse of blame, but of correction and returning. When the heel stumbles, the head falls, and it falls the hardest. Thus the prophet is bringing to our awareness that while we sin with our heel, we have impacted the head, and thus the repentance must be of a higher caliber to return the head to its heights. This last point is what we are here to embrace, so let me repeat it. Thus, the repentance must be of a higher caliber to return the head to its heights. This morning I had an interesting conversation about this lecture with someone who, amongst other disciplines, is also a student of literature. It was brought to my attention that in Latin, the word come means with. And the, uh, the extrapolation made was that the reason that sometimes life offers us a separation in communion from those who we love is in order to make room with us within us to develop compassion for those who we love. What is amazing about this extrapolation is that it embodies one of the deepest teachings in Hasidism. There is a metaphor in Hasidicism of a father hiding from his child in order for his child to experience compassion and the yearning that comes with the compassion of looking for his father. Another metaphor given on this concept is that of a river's current which remains steady until a dam is placed within the river. On the one hand, the current of the river's flow is stopped by the dam On the other hand, because of the dam, the current of the river's flow is building pressure until it bursts through the dam and now flows in a far stronger current. The flow of the river reflects the soul's love for God, while the dam reflects the soul's descent into the body and the father's hiding from his child and the blockage of sin. However, this separation in the soul's communion with God is for the sole purpose of building greater heights and stronger currents within the soul's love for God. The question then is, how do we bring our soul's powerful current to its crescendo, having it burst through the dam? We find that God is called of harachaman the singular tense for compassion. God is the father of harachaman, compassion, and God is also called of harachamim, which is the plural tense for compassion. The mystical difference between the singular and the plural tense of heavenly compassion is that the singular tense refers to a finite compassion, one that is bindled upon logical reason of why the individual deserves God's compassion. While the plural tense of heavenly compassion refers to the infinite compassion of God beyond any logical reason for having compassion upon the individual. We mentioned earlier that even though it is the heel of the soul that stumbles in sin, nevertheless the head of the soul is brought down by the stumbling of the heel. The head of the soul represents the intellectual capacity of the soul. Therefore... We now understand that the Teshuva, the repentance and return of the soul, has to come from the transrational infinite compassion of God, which was completely unaffected by the fall of the head of the soul. This is the mystical interpretation upon the verse in Psalms. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but God gathers me in. In Jewish mysticism, father and mother represents intellect, wisdom, and knowledge, and understanding including the compassion that comes from the intellects. So the verse is saying that the head has fallen, and therefore they, quote, have forsaken me. Nevertheless, quote, God, in His infinite plural compassion, quote, gathers me in. Taking this one step further, in our morning prayers we state, and I quote, in your compassion have compassion upon us. The emphasis here of in your God's compassion is that we don't even fully grasp the great pity that there is upon our soul. For we do not fully grasp the depths of the descent of the soul. In truth, it is this very fact that we don't even grasp the depths of self's consent and the pity that there is to be aroused upon our soul due to this descent which makes it all the greater of a compassion that there is upon our soul. We don't even understand what compassion we should have upon our soul. And thus we say, in your compassion, have compassion upon us. Thus our question grows. How does one arouse the infinite plural compassion of God? The answer is that in our relationship with God, all that we solicit from God is brought about as a reflection of what we do. Therefore, what is needed here is for us to arouse within ourselves an infinite transrational self-compassion. It is this infinite plural self-compassion that we arouse within ourselves which evokes God's infinite plural compassion upon us, which then brings the love of our soul to an unprecedented crescendo that brings that burst i'm sorry that bursts through the dam, and from where does this meditation of self-compassion begin from? It is brought about by the very dam of blockage that is imposed upon our soul, creating that separation within our communion with God, which in turn creates that meditation of self-compassion. Most important to point out is that this self-compassion is not a sense of victimhood at all. On the contrary, This self-compassion is based upon who we truly are on an absolute, it is based on an absolute faith in God's compassion and the intention of the self-compassion is set upon our capacity to evoke God's compassion. Let us take a deeper look into the two dimensions of compassion, the finite logical compassion and the infinite illogical compassion. Jeremiah the prophet states, And I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with seed of man and seed of beasts, animal. Kabbalah and Hasidism explain that this verse is referring to two levels of souls. There are the souls of the few holy scholars known as More de Aretha, men of Torah, who are called the seed of man. Who have a great intellectual grasp and understanding of the greatness of God. Then there is the seed of animal, which refers to the average Jewish person who is not capable of truly understanding and grasping the divine greatness of God. Generally speaking, it is the seed of man, men of Torah, who are the recipients of greater divinity than the seed of animal. However, there is what is known as the great beast which represents the recipients of God's infinite compassion precisely because of the compassion there is to have upon those who do not even know how great their descent is. In truth, from the infinite compassion's perspective, it is just as great a compassion upon the finite seed of man as it is upon the clueless seed of animal. For to the infinite all is equally naught. Simply understand this as to the infinite is one million any closer than one? Thus we now understand that the self-compassion we speak of is not from a self-flagellation of how bad we are, how perverse we are, and of what sinners we are. Rather, divine self-compassion comes from focusing on how infinitely great God is how great our soul could be and upon the deepest yearnings to openly be one with our infinite great God and the greatest current of yearning to be one with God comes specifically from a deep self compassion of how we presently are separated from God As a matter of fact, as we stated before, Jewish mysticism states that this is the only reason why God puts the soul through a separation, in order to be able to experience self-compassion, which then leads to the great heights and stronger currents of love. Thus, in essence... The fulfillment of our descent is brought about through the feelings produced by the heel of our soul and the soul of the seed of animal. There is one more teaching on the issue of compassion, a timely teaching indeed. The teaching of God's compassion is emphasized in the teachings of Hasidicism precisely in this time of the year because we are entering from this Shabbat into the final month before Rosh Hashanah, which is called Elul. The month of Elul is called in Kabbalah the month of the 13-petaled rose because it is the month in which God's infinite compassion shines into the world through God's 13 attributes of mercy. The reason for Hasidism teaching these concepts of God's infinite compassion at this time of the year is because it is precisely through the mystical concepts of God's infinite compassion in this auspicious month of the year that we draw God's infinite compassion in a digestible manner within our intellects and emotions. In closing, Let us return to the human condition with which we began. More precisely, let us begin with the gift of compassion as it is presently perverted in the hands of many politicians. Regardless of which side of the aisle we are speaking of, the problem is in how we are viewing compassion and who compassion is for. The political view of compassion is built upon us viewing others as less than and then the the, the debate begins of how we must help them. Compassion in the hands of this political view is an emotion built upon seeing the lowliness of others rather than the true greatness of who they are and can be. I remember how as a teacher in rabbinical college the greatest experience of compassion I would experience is for the student who had such talented gifts that were going to waste. It was a compassion that got under my skin as I pulled my hair out trying to figure out how to get the student to see who he can be versus, versus who he is settling to be. True compassion comes not from seeing the poverty of a person. It comes from first seeing the true value and potential in a person. And then it actualizes itself in seeing how to bring the person to see it and become it on a practical personal level if we cannot see who we amazingly are and where we amazingly come from then we cannot experience divine self-compassion rather we can only experience an abusive and selfish perverse self-compassion one which is called victimhood so here is a practical list of steps To experience the infinite godly power of self-compassion. A. Meditate on who created you and realize that God is where you come from and essentially are. B. Truly understand and meditate upon the journey in which you have descended into painful separation from who you truly are. C. Meditate and truly feel self-compassion for the unbearable discrepancy between who you could be and who you presently are. D. Meditate upon that the entire reason for the unbearable descent is only to arouse the powerful experience of self-compassion. And E. Meditate upon the sole purpose for self-compassion is to evoke God's infinite compassion which in turn will empower you to burst through the dam and become who you are meant to truly be. Friends, modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. The Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism.